And broadcasting and podcasting not 438 miles, but closer to just around 20 miles between each other. You're listening to the Fifth Quarter Podcast. This is episode number 17 of the third season and 54 overall. It's our annual bowl season episode. Glad to have you with us. Jeff as always, alongside my good friend and co-host Desmond McLaughlin, back from New Mexico and happy to give you a little bit better of a quality podcast and I'm here with my uncle who is a big Ohio State fan if you're watching on YouTube you can see he's he's repping the OH and IO uh, Mike Massiangelo how are you doing great George and Desmond thanks for having me on this uh, bowl uh, selection or bowl pick uh, Monday here so I thank you for having me and uh I'm not going to shock the world with my prediction, given the hat I have on my head, but uh, we'll, we'll build up to that a bit later, and I can play some uh, some music as I make my selection. So there you go. Oh, boy. we got. I guess that means it's a good one, though, for uh, this <laughs> December the 28th, a Monday yes. afternoon. All right, we're going to get right into it. So we've got a lot to discuss and a lot to keep going on. So uh, we'll start first with the Texas Tech Red Raiders. They did not end up making a bowl game, unfortunately. Um, not enough opt-outs for things to get the four and six uh, Red Raiders in, but Desmond, they did fire their offensive and defensive coordinator. We talked about that last time around. Um, so it should be a good clean slate for the 2021 season. Anything you wanted to add there before we keep moving forward? No, definitely. Um, you know, Coach Wells obviously wants some changes. Us as fans want some changes, especially since watching Cliffs have some success in the NFL now. Hated seeing him leave, you know, as a fan favorite. Um, but we are, you know, getting some returners. You know, Alan Bowman, uh, Sir Roger Thompson, Eric Ezekuma, they're all returning. Um, but, you know, they actually just said uh, Kashawn Carter, uh, the receiver who had a pretty good season, um, is actually transferring. He's, 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 he's decided to transfer next year, which is a sad loss to, you know, the, the off- offensive core we have. But... I mean, you must respect the witches. We, we, weren't having, we weren't having a lot of success, so I'm not surprised. Um, but I'm just looking for next season, George. Yeah, it's a big loss on the offensive end. But, um, you know, with the what we saw with Columbia and we saw, you know, the future of the offense should be real interesting with what they bring out in the 2021 season and maybe even compete with the top ranks of the Big 12. So uh, interesting there. And now, obviously, everyone in Lubbock is now focused on basketball. Uh, which is actually not doing too bad. Started off pretty strong and, you know, could get better, but we'll see. We'll talk more about that as we get later on in 2021 and here in the podcast. All right, so now we'll talk about Texas A&M and their bowl game. As you probably have seen, unless you live under a rock, the Aggies were not selected to be part of the top four um, of the college football playoff invitational, might I add. Um, and therefore have been slotted in a bowl game against the North Carolina Tar Heels, who finished third or four, fourth, correction, fourth in the ACC. Um, it is the Aggies' second Orange Bowl appearance, their first since 1944. And, it, you know, you can't be mad about it. Obviously, you can a little bit. But at the end of the day, you're still going to a New Year's Six, which is the first for the Aggies um, because the two Cotton Bowl appearances that they made – plus the Peach Bowl. They were not New Year's Six Bowls at the time. Um, so the most recent BCS New Year's Six Bowl that Aggies went to was the 1999 Sugar Bowl, which happened to be, I believe, uh, Mike, against the Ohio State Buckeyes. 
Um, yes, that is and, correct. Uh, that that is was correct. a loss for the RC Slocum led Aggies. <laughs> but uh, we're not going to talk too much about that. We'll get into we'll get into the selection process here in a second. Let's talk about here first the Orange Bowl itself. Tar Heels have had a few opt outs. Um, including their top running back, has decided he won't play in the Orange Bowl. No opt-outs on the Aggie side. Um, the press conference today made it very clear that the Aggies are all in. They want this, you know, this is a big step for the program to get it back in just sort of not necessarily back into national prominence, but into that national picture, uh, which we'll talk about in a second because that obviously played a big role in the choosing of the four playoff teams. But Desmond – we talked about it the last few weeks about keys to the game. What are your keys for this, you know, for the AM squad as they head into the Orange Bowl on January 2nd? A big thing about this one, I'm, I'm going to say mentality. Everything that I'm going to say is going to be about mentality, you know. I've seen tweets. Kellen Mon has tweeted out. A lot of different players tweeted out. You know, basically this this BS that we didn't make the call for playoffs in. Yeah. You know, I could see they're entitled to that opinion. Um, you could either, you know, feel sorry for yourself and let that get to you, or you can just be like, hey, you know, let's finish off the year strong. Um, but I don't think they should take UNC lightly. I mean, they are 2-1 against the against teams who are ranked top 25 right now. Um, I remember you used to be on the, the bandwagon at the beginning of the season because you said you liked something about them. So don't take them lightly and know what's at stake because we know – that Notre Dame's going to struggle against Alabama. Anyone's going to struggle against Alabama. And what's going to happen, I'm calling right now, is that A&M's going to beat UNC. Notre Dame's going to struggle against Alabama. And they're going to be like, see, we told you. You know, that's the, I, I have a feeling that's exactly what's about to happen. Um, but they need to get that win first, you know what I'm saying? And and speaking of getting that win, what's your prediction for this game on the I think, 2nd of January? I told you in the beginning of the season, I'm going to say now, I don't think UNC is all the hype that ESPN made them out to be. So I have it 48-34 in them. Wow, high scoring. Okay. Elamon needs to make a statement for himself. This is his last game. He's had a pretty good season, led the Aggies farther um, than anyone else has late uh, in the past couple of seasons. So if he really wants to, you know, put his name out there, this is the game to do it. And, Mike, yeah. let's go to you. It's here about this uh, Orange Bowl matchup. Sure, sure. Um you know, I think, uh, you know, the opt-outs uh, that North Carolina has will certainly influence the game. Um, Desmond kind of hit the, the nail on the head, so to speak, when he talked about mentality, right? Because this, this could be a classic uh, situation where a team, you know, is in a, in a fantastic bowl game, but has a lot of hangover, so to speak, for, um, for not making it to the um, the playoffs, which I, I think they rightly belong to, and we'll talk about a bit more later, right? So, um, you know, North Carolina is coming off a pretty uh, impressive win over uh, Miami of Florida. I think it was like six, they put up 60 points against, uh, against Miami of Florida, right? So I think it will be a, a high-scoring game. So, uh, you know, A&M needs to be ready to, I don't think, I don't think, uh, a&M is going to be able to stop them on defense. So I think the offense is going to uh, to need to come and play and be be in a position to score score often and and, uh, and and stay with North Carolina because if you look at North Carolina's season, other than Notre Dame when they put up their lowest total of it was like 17 or so, you know they were fairly high scoring all all season long, even in their even in their losses. So 
they had some good wins, some bad losses, and are a formidable team, I think, for the Aggies, right? So, Absolutely. And what do you have as a score prediction then? I'm going to go uh, so I can uh, have a happy home. I'm going to pick pick uh, pick the Aggies. Uh, so my 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 wife does, uh, and my and my uh, my nephew and the rest of the family, who are except for a couple of Gators, are, are mostly uh, mostly Aggies. I'm going to pick a And M uh, 52 to 45. Wow, really high scoring. Um, I'm kind of actually going on on. On as far as score wise, I'm going lower. I think this game is going to come down to the defenses. Normally, anytime we talk about a, team, a game where you have two high powered offenses, somehow um, they counterbalance from the defense. The Aggie defense has been very strong this year. Um, when you look at how many points they've allowed, they allowed, I think it was a combined um, 86 to Florida and Alabama, and they allowed 93 the rest of the season. Um, in the other games. And so I think this is going to come down to who has the ball last. Um, I don't have it as a one possession. I have a two possession game. I think a gets one in there. A 34 20 is what I have. I, I do think the North Carolina, as you mentioned, Mike, the 62 uh, 26 route of the hurricanes. That's a big statement, especially what that probably is the win that got them into the orange bowl. Cause if Miami beats North Carolina, you're looking at a Miami, a&M matchup or even a Miami, Florida and A&M getting put in the cotton bowl. Um, so I think it could be real interesting in this A&M offense, you know, Kellen Mond hinted it earlier in the press conference. He's going to be focusing on the orange bowl and then look at his future. And there is a chance he could come back. And honestly, I'd love to see him come back because I think his draft stock, we've been talking, Desmond and I have been talking about this entire season. His draft stock is just getting higher and higher, but I think he needs one more year to make it, to actually put him in a position to where he can be um, a legitimate NFL quarterback. Although he might tank his results a little bit so he doesn't have to go to uh, the Jets. So, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence most likely heading to Jacksonville as Jacksonville right. is the number one pick. Um, so that game again, Orange Bowl is on the final bowl game before the national championship. It finishes up Saturday night on January 2nd, 7 p.m. kickoff from Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens between the 13th-ranked North Carolina Tar Heels and the 5th-ranked Texas A&M Aggies. And speaking of rank number five, we get into the discussion that everyone's been waiting for. Um, we take a look at the college football playoff and the top four that were decided with uh, the Rose Bowl game being moved to Dallas or to Arlington with Bama as the number one seed playing number four, Notre Dame. And then the Sugar Bowl being number two, Clemson, and against number three, Ohio State. And we can go on about the rest of the year six, which I mentioned the Orange Bowl already. The Fiesta Bowl is 10th ranked Iowa State in the Cyclones, taking on the Pac-12 champions in the 25th ranked Oregon Ducks. The Peach Bowl is the annual group of five, highest ranked group of five ranked um, champion. So that's the eighth ranked Cincinnati Bearcats taking on Georgia and the Bulldogs from the SEC. And then finally the Cotton Bowl, which will kick off the New Year's Six on Wednesday um, between the Oklahoma Sooners and the Florida Gators. Now, uh, the way I want to do this, pretty simple, just have some uh, clear, legitimate discussion. We'll just kind of go through it here. Obviously, there was a lot of discussion between who should be number four after championship Saturday? Many thought it was between straight up between Notre Dame and AM. Not really thinking about 
Cincinnati or Ohio, or uh, Coastal Carolina or BYU, Indiana, not really any of those in the picture. Even you could say Oklahoma is a two-loss Big 12 champ. And the main discussion was because Notre Dame, 10-1, and one, their loss coming in a complete blowout to Clemson in the ACC championship game, you're looking at a 20 – do you put a team who lost by 24 to Clemson or to 28 – to Alabama in Texas A&M. So, you know, I think that's what it came down to. You could argue that it came down to national brand as well. You know, Notre Dame, you know, even in recent years, they draw more TV money. That's a reason why they have their, their state state independent. They only joined the ACC this year to have scheduling and have games to play, but that's why they have their contract with NBC so they can make, Millions of dollars and not have to share with 13 other members of a conference. They draw ratings. They draw TV name brand. And, um, of course, that's probably had to do something with it. Desmond, I'll go to you first. What what was your take? What was what did you see from Selection Sunday? Obviously, you, you we were talking about it before we started. You know, there's some disgust. But what did what did you see? I'll just leave it at that. First off, I just want to say that this, this is the year that Clemson I was talking about. One of the big thing I talked that we all have said every single year is strength of schedule is a huge part, which is why past years I said Clemson doesn't deserve to be in the playoffs. Of course, they've proved me wrong, but strength of schedule is huge, and now it's it's been a really good year for them. I mean, Notre Dame joined the conference. Um, UNC's looked better. Miami's got got you know. King, and so they looked a lot better this year, too. So it definitely made Clemson look really good. And it, now I believe in them. You know, I'm like, they really are a second-ranked seed. They, they have those top 25 wins. And I think that's the reason why, when I made my predictions, I had Ohio State at three, Notre Dame at four. Because I, I told you, George, I said, I, Ohio State can win by one. They can win in triple overtime. As long as they get the win, they're making it no matter what. They're a conference champion. And they're undefeated. Now everyone's talking about, yeah, they only played six games. Well, I mean, true, but I just want to say this: they played the games that really like are the harder were harder than any team that Anum really played. You know, speaking of top twenty five, top twenty five teams that are in the top twenty five right now, so the best of the best, they're two and zero beating Indiana Northwestern. The only team that Anum beat. Um, that is still in top 25 is Florida, and they have three losses as of now. Um, and then Notre Dame, of course, is two and one, and then Cle uh, Clemson is two and one as well, and Alabama's undefeated. So, you know, we're looking at four teams who are, un who are have a positive record against teams in top 25, and they end sitting at 50 50 50. So, yes, they had an all SEC schedule, amazing season, but the SEC wasn't what it's been in the past. Um, and then, of course, them not making the conference championship really hurt them. That I think that's that's a huge reason they didn't make it. You know, they love the conference championship. Um, and so I, I, I wasn't surprised, but that would be interesting. But, yeah. I, yeah. I think you hit – hold on, Mike, uh, before I – Go ahead. I, no, no, I, I think that's right. I mean, it, it's uh, – I mean, you literally could have flipped a coin in this – strange year between between uh a and m and and uh notre dame i think um you know if 
uh, the only saving grace for Notre Dame, you know, all the brand and everything aside, George, you know, to, to a degree you, that might play an, in, you know, a, have an influencing factor, but, you know, I think it does go to the selection committee, albeit the uh, Dabo putting Ohio State 11 was laughable, but, but whatever, uh, uh, you know, I think if they really felt a was a better team, um, hands down over Notre Dame, they probably would have put a in. I think, you know, the fact that Notre Dame's, loss came came against the team albeit without the the you know the the starting quarterback at, at you know Clemson they were one and one against Clemson I mean you can you know you can uh, argue about the point differential when they had a had a full team coming at them but you know they did beat Clemson and Clemson put up a lot of points in that game and Notre Dame responded you know in that first game and came out with the victory right you know Notre Dame has a victory over North Carolina as well which we talked about already is a you know, seemingly a pretty solid team this year. Um, you know, AM, um, you know, the SEC in large part had a down year, right? I mean, Alabama, um, you know, is a strong team. Florida is a decently strong team in AM. You know, they could have folded, you know, packed in the year after that embarrassing loss to, to Alabama, right? But they responded and they won the games they should have won, right? So, um, you know, I think if Notre Dame, with the loss that they had, if, if A&M had actually played Alabama closer earlier in the year than they did, then, you know, that might've factored into some of the decision-making, but I think, you know, um, um, you know, the, the A&M, uh, you know, you said getting them back into the, back into the national spotlight, it, you know, I think you're thinking way, way back <laughs> to, the, to the national spotlight, right? It's been a long time since they won a big, big game that mattered. Right. And I think that also factored into, into the decision. I mean, years Years past shouldn't necessarily be an indicator of the current year, you know, potential. But but I think that does come into play to a to a degree when you have a coin flip uh, decision between two programs. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think Desmond also mentioned, you know, with the conference championship, the committee in the last three three years has loved when a team wins a conference championship. They, you know, they say okay, they value that as part of their selection. Let's just put it straight forth right here that. That if they see a team that has a conference championship and the team doesn't, they're going to put the team with the conference championship. If they, as long as they don't have two losses, which the committee has already told us and shown us that they don't like two loss champions, i.e. Oklahoma this year and um, was it Oregon two years ago when they had two losses. So as long as you have less than two losses and you're a champion, you're going to get in. That's why Ohio State got it. doesn't matter what the amount of games they played. And, you know, Sure, Dabo Sweeney, that was actually pretty funny when, you know, he's looking, you're looking at his coach's ball and it's like, what, Ohio State number 11. And he's saying, I believe he said in, in the Sugar Bowl press conference today, that if, had, if it had been any other team who had played six games, he still would have put them there, which I don't quite understand because I think most coaches under, you know, saw this year is, look, if we get to play games, we're happy that we get to play games. And, you know, at the end of the day, if the committee has said, Data points, data points. Yeah, you throw that out the window in 2020. Because in previous years, data points would have mattered because everyone's playing roughly around the same amount of games. But this year, when one team's playing six and another team is playing nine, and and even with AM, AM had a game cancel or postponed and then cancel. So it hurt them too. I don't think even if AM was at nine and one, they would have slipped in. Um, I think it didn't matter. Eight and one, nine and one, Ohio, Oak, or Sorry, Notre Dame is ten and one. You mentioned it, Mike. They they played 
more ranked opponents and they won. They played Clemson twice. They played North Carolina and won. And A&M's over here playing Florida and Alabama and going one and one against those when Notre Dame really went two and one against their three opponents. So there is lots to argue. And obviously, you know, the decision was made and the and it's – it's there and now we get to watch it, what happens. And of course there's going to be arguments that are probably going to come up if Notre Dame gets smacked by Alabama. Cause then you're going to say, well, did you want to see an A&M Alabama smackdown or A&M or Alabama Notre Dame smackdown is really what it's going to come down to. And, um, you know, I thought about it a little bit. I'd rather be in the orange bowl smacking down somebody else because then you look, you put your brand out there. Sure. You didn't make it to the, to the playoff, but you're getting there. You can't, expect to go from zero to hero in one season especially this season which is all over the place um one question i do have that i think um is something to think about with the new year six as a whole we're looking at teams like oregon who obviously has to get in because they're a pac-12 champion but like with georgia georgia's been a one that a team that has been talked about since they were ranked in the top 10 in the first college football playoff rankings. Do we think Indiana or a team like Northwestern or BYU should have gotten into the New Year Six outs except, you know, instead of Georgia, who really just meh, they lost to Florida and that was about it with their season. They somehow still managed to finish seven and two. Whereas Indiana's over here gets spoiled or gets uh, ruined by the Big Ten's change in rules. So they have to sit out to not be, you know, can't play the Big Ten championship game, even though they played a certain number of games. And they're six and one. You know, what, what are our thoughts about the New Year's Six? Do we think there could have been teams that got, you know, got in? Or is it right how it should be? Discuss. One of, one of y'all can go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Why don't you take it first, Desmond? Uh, well, you know, I could, those things just named, yeah, I mean, not gonna lie, besides Coastal Carolina, but Indiana, Northwestern, BYU, I could see any of them, you know? They all had pretty good seasons. We saw Northwestern fight really hard against Ohio State, give them a run for their money. I was nervous there for a little bit watching that game, but I knew they Ohio State would turn it around. But still, I was a little nervous. Um, we've been talking about BYU all season um, and their quarterback, how great he is. Indiana, um, talked about them, of course, you know, Ohio State ruined their chances. Ohio State just ruined everybody's chances. <laughs> um, talking about why they made it in, um, but um, but I, I thought I thought you were talking about. I don't know if it's changed, but I thought I thought you liked Georgia. Unless Georgia, are you just talking about like anyone else? Because I thought we talked about how you know how they're actually a, one of those teams that the record doesn't show how good they are. They're really Desmond, than these. Desmond, they didn't beat anybody of substance. They beat Auburn, who turned out to be not even ranked in the final poll. And then they they just kind of, I don't know, they felt like they put it on cruise control. They didn't really beat anybody. You know, they lost to Alabama, even though they had a halftime lead. Sure, okay, I'll give them some benefit there. And then they lose to Florida in what was a close game for about 10 minutes before Kyle Trask just, what, threw four touchdowns in the first half, and that was about it on, on calling it quits. I don't know. I just felt like when the committee ranked Georgia in the top 10, there were teams outside of the top 10 that were definitely better. And obviously it shows that the SEC 
they, the committee values the SEC, but at the end of the day, Mike mentioned it. The SEC was weak this year, minus Alabama, Florida, and Texas A&M. But no, um, if I had if to choose any team, personally, I probably would have gone Northwestern to get in. We'll go to you, Mike. You, you it looked like you had some thoughts. Yeah, no, I, I think, um, you know, Northwestern probably. I mean, they, they have uh, um, sort of, uh, not sort of, but very boring offense, but their defense is, is pretty, pretty strong, right? So, I mean, that, their defense kept them, kept them in their games uh, the, whole, the whole season, right? Um, you know, I was just going back and looking at Georgia's uh, games throughout the year, and their two big games, they, they lost, right? And they lost by at least a couple, couple touchdowns in, in both those games. So I, could, I can certainly see Northwestern um, perhaps getting the, the nod over, over Georgia. But I think when it comes to these other bowls, right, outside of the auto pits, you know, they do have to think about, uh, you know, they do give a lot, even more credence to the marketability and I think in the, in the division and, and everything else. And I think outside of the, uh, outside of the, uh, the upper Midwest, there's, there's a, there's a hev heavy uh, anti Big Ten bias, right? And, you know, just in general, right? So, uh, I, I, you know, so again, I don't know if it's clear and convincing that Northwestern deserved it over Georgia per se, but I could certainly make the case that, that that they would have deserved that game over over Georgia. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily a bias towards the Midwest and the Big Ten. I think it's more <laughs> just if you look at the Big Ten as a whole, especially this year, you look at the Big Ten as a whole and and the way that they managed the whole pandemic and and said they weren't gonna play and then they decided to play and they were trying to, you know, they were gonna be trying to play eight games. Why, why, why Georgia, huh? What about UNC? UNC was what? Come on. Yeah, why, why, is, why is why is UNC in there? Well, I, I think UNC. I, again, I think that last you know that game over over my well, I guess they 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 won the or, or that game over uh, Miami was was pretty pretty convincing, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. I well, think and, if they lose that they, game or, or well, and what Chris Fowler and Kirk. Herb Street, who had done that game, they said, look, this the winner of this game, North Carolina and Miami, is going to be in the Orange Bowl. And that was pretty clear. And and even with the bowl projections and the trends, that was pretty clear it was going to happen that way. And it just so happened that Miami, who was top 10, I believe, I think they were number 10 that weekend, lost. And North Carolina, who was 18, they skyrocketed, basically switched places. And there you go. Because I easily could have seen a Miami-Florida Orange Bowl and an A&M-Oklahoma Cotton Bowl, but nobody wanted to see A&M-Oklahoma again. We saw that two years, saw that seven years ago. And Miami-Florida, I don't really think there's any, you know, there's a rivalry factor there, but meh, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just going back. I mean, the um, we're talking about the January, uh, the January second bowls, right? Um, Correct. I mean. You, Kentucky's in at four and six, and and uh, um, what is it, Mississippi at four and five? I mean, were those conferences guaranteed guaranteed those slots? I mean, I yeah, you know, that's I would, correct. The SEC think Northwestern, was, yeah, yeah, the SEC was required to fill their slots, and, and you know, it almost brought up a certain point with UAB. 
Remember, they were supposed to play South Carolina in the Gasparilla Bowl. That bowl was canceled because of South Carolina's COVID cases. And now UAB, the Conference USA champion, will not play in a bowl game this year because of all these boring Kentucky 4-6 and six and 4-5 and five Ole Miss have to be put in a bowl game, which is ridiculous. You know, Army was almost stuck on the sideline. Tennessee had to cancel their bowl appearance in the Liberty Bowl, thankfully. Army was able to step in, but it's just ridiculous that some of these, you know, we need to get rid of bowl tie-ins and just let it be a bowl free-for-all. Whoever's the best teams, put them where they deserve, they, they deserve to be. Um, but I guess that's enough discussion is we need to move, keep moving forward. And we'll start with just a brief college basketball update. Desmond, I know things have kind of been shaky as far as non-conference and such. But let's talk about the two big, really the three biggest stories, which is Northwestern being undefeated in Big Ten play, which Desmond, if you remember when our friend uh, Adam came on, Adam Rittenberg, our ESPN writer, came on, and he made fun of me because I said that Northwestern was a basketball school. He's like, no, that's wrong. That's total wrong. Now they're 3-0, and maybe I should have should be deserving some credit for giving them more basketball hype than they have. Um, so the Big Ten could prove really interesting. Uh, Kentucky, hello. Kentucky is one in six in, co- in a in non-conference play, which is making Coach Cal supposedly rethink the way that he decided to schedule teams like Richmond. Um, the Big 12, Desmond, you mentioned it earlier. Big 12 is going to be tight race between Texas Tech, Texas Baylor, uh, Kansas. And the ACC – you know, we don't know what Duke's team looks like because Coach K decided to stop non-conference games after losing to Michigan State and saying that, oh, we shouldn't be playing basketball right now, even though two weeks prior to that he had said we need to be playing basketball. Um, so I think I think the one thing we can probably all agree on is Gonzaga is the best team in college basketball right, right now. Desmond, your thoughts on that real quick? Not doubt, George. You know, lots of – you know I me, mean, I follow basketball. I follow a bit of college basketball. Um, I know they NCAA's trade trying to trademark mask madness for March Madness. I saw they're that. Also, also Twitter's been going crazy because they're saying they're doing the um, the greater than symbol. You know, college backs basketball bracketology is better than the college football playoffs <laughs> just because of seedings. Um, quickly, yes, Northwestern's playing great. You deserve your credit, George. Um, also, though, I want people to remember, like, I don't. I tend to look at the players, not the teams, because it really doesn't matter because towards the end of the season, it's going to come down to March Madness, which is single elimination. So you could be number one seed, you could be the number six seed, you know. So it's really March Madness where I really start paying attention. But definitely I look at the players, see how good they are. Um, Kentucky, I heard that they're having some moral problems with three other players. You know, Coach Jay's been talking about that. Um, but, you know, him, they'll, they'll turn around towards the end of the season. He'll get them straight. Um, also U of H, you know, hometown, they're ranked fifth undefeated. Congratulations to them. Um, but also, yeah, big 12 is going to be tight, you know, Baylor tech, uh, tech's actually at the lower end right now, tech and Iowa state, but Baylor and Kansas looking very strong. And whenever you have, whenever you have Texas tech with, with, with big Mac and Iowa state at the bottom of big 12, that's how you know it's going to be a tight race. Cause oh. those are some decent basketball schools right there. Yeah, we're going to be in for an interesting end of January and early February as we go through what is conference play. So um, 
Mike, did you want to say something about college basketball or do we want to just go right to the bowl games? Oh, nothing other than I love the fact that Kentucky has a losing record. I hate Kentucky. <laughs> I'm just I will that. second that. I will second that. As a, as a fan, like as a, as a fan who has watched Kentucky basketball last year, I was at the Kentucky A&M game. Yeah. Kentucky needs to be a little bit more humble in the way that they carry on their call, their basketball program, because I don't know. I, I well, feel well, like I it's think it's, What I think is going on is that sometimes when you get a bunch of great recruits together, they all are offensive minded. So they all want the ball and they're all the star. They used to be the star. I was you know just saying? about to say that, but instead it's karma for coming back of all these, you know, Kentucky is very much a one and done. You go for one year and you go to the NBA. Well, that's going to backfire at some point if you have too many young guys and you have maybe one senior leader or something. And that's what they have. They have a bunch of, I think it's like two sophomores or something. It's crazy how young his team is. And if you have a young team in college basketball, you got to have one person to be the, the leader, you know, the um, on the court and they just don't have that. And that's why they're stumbling out of the gate. So I think you're right though. They will bounce back because it's Kentucky. They will find a way to, you know, what the best part will be the, the, the most ironic part will be if they start four and or five and or something in SEC play. And it's like, okay, what did non conference show versus the <laughs> SEC conference slate that all of a sudden they just changed? That would be the most humbling. I don't know. It'd just be real interesting to see that. But um, we're still in college football season, so we're going to get to the bowl games and uh, get to the, the games that, I'm not say matter, but, you know, the final. The final since, since you did say basketball, and although this is a college college uh, sports program, but I just did want to make it known that uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers are three and zero at the at the start of this NBA season. Just put, putting it out there. I just, just want to say real quick, <laughs> George. You go to your college. I just want to say real quick. Before the season, I told my friends. I I made a list. I said I think the Cavs can make the eighth seat if they keep Andre Drummond, which they did. And Darius Garland and Colin Sexton are finally going to the potential and are dropping buckets. So they're looking well, really good. Right don't now. give don't give my uncle more field than he needs. No, they did a good job. They lost LeBron. They looked trash for a couple of years. They got Garland. They got Sexton. They kept Kevin Love. I thought Kevin Love was gone for sure. And they kept Drummond. They're, they, yeah. they could do something competing for the playoffs. I mean, I'm, they're probably not going to go far. But, I mean, All just right. making the playoffs is better. They missed out on yeah. an opportunity, though opportunity though to pick up Obi Toppin in the draft because they had a chance to get him and instead let him go to the Knicks you know you well, playing at Dayton I thought maybe the Cavs would want to take the hometown boy but they did that once and got a championship but you know we'll, we'll see <laughs> <laughs> anyhow all right back to college football sorry right, I digress all right, all right. yeah I digress. basketball started this uh this past week and don't worry as we get through college football and go into 2021 we'll have college basketball and nba updates for you here on the fifth quarter all right desmond we need to pick up our upset speed all right we we, we uh i got mine wrong because apparently tulsa doesn't know how to stop cincinnati from winning the american and um you got yours right. I'll give you a bit of a doubt because you said that Clemson would beat Notre Dame and everyone was all hyped up on Notre Dame and this and that. And I believe your exact words were Notre Dame's going to or Clemson's going to deserve a win or something along those lines and get themselves in, and they did. So, all right. 
We'll start with the quote-unquote Rose Bowl, which they still have not confirmed whether or not the game's going to be called the Rose Bowl game. Right now it's just called the semifinal, presented by Capital One or whatever sponsor. But Notre Dame-Alabama. Um, real quick, we'll just kind of go through these quickly because we know most of these are going to be blowouts anyway. So um, <laughs> Alabama, you can't stop Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris. There's too many guys to name, and there's more than that. I've got Alabama absolutely just blowing and destroying the Fighting Irish's spirits of getting to a national championship. Um, 45 to 10. Notre Dame doesn't show up in big games. That narrative continues. Um, we'll go to Desmond first. What do you have? Oh, without a doubt, George. Alabama's looking who do you, who do you think's sorry? Who do you think is gonna win the Heisman? I wanted you to ask you this. Oh, we'll we'll start, we'll stop there for just a second. I kind of like uh, Kyle Trask. I think he deserves it. He's had the best uh, um, the best numbers, but quick, I don't know. What do you but, think? You, but have, you, have you not seen Matt Jones? Oh, I have. I have, I have, Desmond. His Desmond, numbers? I have, I have. This is a discussion for another day, Desmond. This is a discussion. <laughs> um, no, without a doubt. I, Big Mac, baby. He's going to put the pickles on it. You know, they're looking good. I think Alabama is good. I mean – I think Alabama is going to prove why they're the best in the league and that not saying that Notre Dame didn't deserve to be in, but why Notre Dame might not be a top four team. Um, but I, I have them winning by 17. Oh, so, okay. Closer than me. What about you, Mike? Yeah, I, I definitely think Alabama will win the first round of the playoffs. Uh, and I'll leave it at the first round of the of the playoffs uh, for now. I'm, I'm still thinking about how bold I'm going to be, but uh, uh, I'm not going to put a, a I'll put a touchdown differential. I think it'll be a, a five touchdown differential um, over over Notre Dame. I, I I I'm a Midwestern Catholic, and I you know I I uh, you know I I pull for Notre Dame. I've been I've been to the campus. It's a fabulous campus. I. You know, I'd, I'd love to be touch touchdown Jesus uh, on the way out to uh, on the way out to the football field, but uh, uh, I, I don't see them holding uh, anywhere close to Alabama. It'll it'll be uh, it'll be a terrible game. So, and who do you have as your Heisman, Heisman Trophy winner while we're talking about Alabama? Oh gosh, uh, it's somebody from Alabama. I I don't uh, you know the names of the players because I I just I hate the Crimson Tide and I, I can't stand to, to to watch them other than when I have to. But uh, I, I think uh, who, whoever the Big Mac pickle guy guy was that Desmond <laughs> was referring that to it sounds, it sounds like the Desmond. I love that true. nickname. I have to say I don't know if you just came up with that on the spot or if you saw the Big Mac with no, no, no. see any anytime someone has the name of Mac, I just like call them Big Mac because it sounds funny. Oh, but it's genius. It's genius. You just, Desmond, you need to go to the University of Alabama. Trademarked. Trademarked. I was going to say, when you went to the Heisman, you need to say, any Big Mac shirts, you got to come to me first. A little picture of him saying, pick some pickle on that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You heard it here. Bama, we have, all of us have Bama winning in that first round. But we'll go to the other. Uh, matchup between Ohio State Clemson. We saw this one last year. Quite a, a a showdown between the two quarterbacks. The same two are involved in this one, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. And of course, you feel like Justin Fields and the Buckeyes are going to have something to prove with everyone doubting why they should be number three with a 6-0 record. And 
Um, honestly, putting the same matchup aside, you know, we saw this last year and we've seen Clemson. A year ago time. today, actually, I was in Arizona for that game. I was I sat in that game and had a uh, a universe of, uh, of emotions going through me during that game. But anyhow, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, but it yeah, was a year that, ago you, today. You bring up, so. you know, you bring up a good thing, a good uh Good thought is, yeah, just a year ago today was when the playoff semifinals, when LSU and Joe Burrow absolutely just manhandled Oklahoma and then, of course, Ohio State taking a tough one in the last minute to Clemson. Uh, but I think, uh, unfortunately, as much as I don't want to see it, I think we're going to see Bama-Clemson part five in uh, on January 11th. And uh, Clemson, Clemson wins by 14. Sorry, Mike. Oh. Whoa, 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 whoa. Trevor Lawrence is just too good with his. Any yeah. team that has Hang On Sloopy as their, as their song is not going to lose two years in a row to the same team. Ohio State is going to win by 10 points over Clemson. Mark my word. They learned their lesson last year. Sorry, Desmond, I jumped you. I'm, 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 I've, been holding this, I've been holding this all day. Ohio State should have won that game last year. Should'ves and could'ves, I know. Um, you know, close closeness only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, my grandfather used to tell me, right? So, but uh, uh, Ohio State is going to remedy last year's loss. They're going to they're going to put their foot on the throats uh, of Clemson this year, or not take it off this year, like they did last year when when they had them uh, on the ropes in the first quarter in the first half, and they only. They took field goals instead of touchdowns. Ohio State's not going to do that same thing twice, and they're going to be masterful on this game and uh, earn the right hands down to play against Alabama in the final. Okay. Desmond, let's go to you. Very bold. Very bold pitch. I like it. Being bold like me. Well, George, I'm going to tell you this quote by Henry Ford. The only real mistake is the one from which we learn nothing. Now, George, a year ago, I – I said Ohio State's gonna upset Trevor Lawrence, and they let me down. No, I can't. I can't. I'm sorry, Mister Mike. I can't, I can't do it this year. Clem, oh I told you, Clemson's Clemson's look good. They've had a strong schedule this year. You know, even the game Trevor Lawrence. I know, of course, everyone always says one man doesn't control a team, which is true. But one man can really help a team, as you saw with your Cavs when LeBron joined. He changed the whole program. Um, and without Trevor Lawrence, they they even kept it close. They even kept it close with no Dame. That shows how good Clemson is. Um, I will say it's going to be a close game, but I think Clemson has it by eight. Yeah. No, I, you know, if I weren't such a, a Homer fan, I'd probably think more about the about the, uh, the about the skill sets coming. But I think if Ohio State uh, can run the ball, I mean, they what the, the the back that that was in fatigue. Uh, they just put up uh, what was it 250 or 350 yards against North Northwestern. It was it was ridiculous how many yards he put up. If they can run the ball and control the clock, um, I think the more you can keep uh, uh, Trevor off the field, the better it is, uh, you know, for the Buckeyes. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, if they get if they get into a back and forth game like they um, got into last year, then you know, Clemson's, I think, too strong and they can score from anywhere on the field, including with the quarterback running, you know, 70 yards like he did last year to put a put put a put a dagger in, in the hearts of all the Buckeye fans that were out there. But um, 
you know, the only, you know, I, but I do, I do think Ohio State will, uh, will, um, you know, uh, pick it up and uh, take them to the championship game. So. Yeah, it should be a good one. I believe that is the uh, night game between the two. So if they've said anything before the night, you know, prime, prime time is always better than whatever, two o'clock, three o'clock. So, yeah. I'm I'm three uh, three quarters of the way there to uh, saying screw it and throwing COVID caution to the wind and and uh, making my way over to New Orleans and you know overpaying for a ticket by about seven seven times the price I should and and go see that game. But uh, um, of course my wife isn't here listening to me uh, say that George's uh, George's aunt. But uh, but I, I I still may make may make myself there or make my way there. So we'll see. Seems like every time Ohio State's been in the Sugar Bowl, there's always been something something. Uh, you know, a few years ago, the first round, first year of the playoff, it was Zeke's 200 yards or what 300 yards and the four touchdowns against Bama, and then was that uh, that recently I was at that game. <laughs> yeah. So you so know, I, anything can happen I'm in the over, Sugar Bowl. I was at that game. It should be a good one between the Buckeyes and the Tigers. All right, we're going to get through the rest of the New Year's Six and the rest of the bowl games uh, going on the you know uh, the remainder of the season, and we'll go through these a little bit more rapid fire so we can kind of you know finish off here. So we'll go to the Cotton Bowl Classic between Florida and Oklahoma. I don't know about you, but Oklahoma seemed like it's getting much more hype because of Kirk Herbstreet saying they've been playing their best football. They should have been in the playoff, blah, blah, blah. I, 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 and today I saw that three of the Florida players, uh, Tony, uh, was it Tony, Kyle Pitts, and one of their other guys opted out. Uh, but that is not, that is not steering me away from the Florida Gators. Um, I don't like Oklahoma. I don't understand why there's so much hype about Oklahoma. Just a few months ago, we were talking about how bad they were. They were one and two going into the Red River, Red River game, and somehow beat Texas in four overtimes. Um, so I don't. Texas sucks. Yeah, the, bingo. Uh, but <laughs> regardless, that game was so. I don't know. I feel like we've come so far from that game, and I got to take. I got to choose an upset, and I got to take my upset with the Florida Gators. I like Kyle Trask. I think he's the most consistent. Um, quarterback there is each game you can expect what he's going to you know you can expect what he's going to give you each time out the only travesty he had was against LSU when he had some bad decisions and some interceptions but um they will chop their way to a win 42 to 24 big win for the Gators wow, wow. yeah big win for the Gators. let's Gosh. go to Desmond make fun of Mr. Dunkirk all right that he said that Oklahoma has been playing good they finished up the season six and zero, and they went. We were we were talking about how they're overrated, how Spencer Allen was overrated, but they came all the way back and fought and won the Big Twelve championship again, um, and proving that they are still a top Big Twelve team. Um, but I agree, you know, I really like Florida. Uh, again, I don't think that they're as good as everyone thinks they are. Um. <laughs> But yeah, Trask is definitely his numbers are are insane. Like I was looking at his completions, his yards, his touchdowns. Like he's like top top five in almost every single one. Like he's he's a true like if the, if, if Florida was undefeated, I'd say Heisman without a doubt, no competition. Um, but I have him winning by a touchdown. I'm going to say that it's gonna be 35-28. I do think Oklahoma 
has been playing great. They've been they're on a hot streak, and it'll be a close close game than uh, what you think, George. But I, I do agree. I'm happy with upset. Yeah. So there's there's only uh, three things in college football that I that I hate. One of them is the Michigan Wolverines. One of them is the Alabama Crimson Tide, and one of them are the Florida Gators. I loathe the Florida Gators. I'd rather eat cauliflower for breakfast than. Oh, than pick, oh pick but I thought not even with Tebow. Tebow time, you say that you're no, a. Oh my God, you're a he's, the absolute, he's the absolute worst. His his professional claim to fame was throwing a miracle touchdown in an overtime playoff game against my beloved Pittsburgh Steelers when he was with the Broncos. I hate Tebow time. So, uh, it, and I'm not a big Oklahoma fan either. I, to, I'll, I'll put it at that. But I, I was impressed with Oklahoma's uh, game against Iowa State to finish off the uh, season. I think Iowa State's a really, really, really good team. Um, yeah. They're a three-point favorite. I think they'll win by the uh within that spread so um let's call it uh 2118 uh oklahoma over over florida okay okay we have already got some bold choices from mike and we're only four games in this is crazy all right hey well, oklahoma is the betting favorite so i mean i don't know i guess i guess you'd like to go against the odds don't ever tell me the odds <laughs> In the words of Hansel, yeah. or in the words of Hansel. All right, we move forward to the Peach Bowl between Georgia and Cincinnati. We already talked about how I don't like Georgia. And you know what? I'm an SEC guy, just as, you know, just as much as the next guy. But you know what? When you don't allow teams like Indiana or Northwestern to take a chance in the New Year's Six, um, it, it, it makes me frustrated. So uh, Cincinnati – Go blow out Georgia, and welcome to the UCF, Houston, Boise State, you know, the group of five discussion that should, you know, should have a chance to get to the playoff. Welcome to that conversation. Glad to have you on board. Cincinnati wins 45-20. to 20. We'll go to Desmond. Sorry, right, George. I, I like Georgia with this. I got to win by 12. I still think that – I think that's opposite. I think the better – the what people say, and I also heard that, you know, some, they were talking about on such a day that Cincinnati's like – you know, they've they've done everything. They've proven they've done all the, like the standards that the committee wants uh, to the playoffs. I feel bad for the Power Five that never get in. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah, I think um, there's there's usually a bowl game every year where if it were played in the regular season, if the teams played in the regular season, a team would have won. You know, hands down. I think if this were a regular season game, Georgia would have. Uh, uh, mop the floor with uh, with the Bearcats. You know, all due respect to their undefeated record, but you know, there's been a history of of you know the lower tier, mid tier SEC teams going against lesser lesser opponents and really not you know bowl games that, that don't have a lot of uh, a lot of uh, meaning, right? Other than um, you know perhaps filling a game, and I think this is one of those instances where you're going to see a Georgia team not playing at its best and a very motivated Bearcat team, right, that want to prove that they can uh, finish the season undefeated and should have been given more consideration for uh, for the top four teams. So I'm going to pick the uh, – I guess this is an upset as well, but I'm going to pick the Bearcats to win, um, let's call it uh, 28-25. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's not upset for seeding, but I believe on – 
uh, by betting. Yes, it is. So we'll give yeah. you that as the upset, as your upset that you've chosen. Um, so, all right. That will be a good one on, I believe that is on New Year's Day. It is the. Um, it is. It is. Yep. Yeah. It is the appetizer for the two uh, semifinal games. So should be an interesting one between Bulldogs and Bearcats. All right. We go to the, the hot commodity bowl game where the Oregon Ducks and the Iowa State Cyclones are the first of many to get the piece, PlayStation 5. As one Oregon player put it, he was more happy to be in the bowl game than he, or to get a PS5 than he is to be in the bowl game. And as so they're possible, they're possible to find George. His immediate thought was when they won the Pac-12 was we're going to get a free PS5 because we're going to the Fiesta Bowl. Um, wait, wait. So, so you're telling me they, they all got a PS? No wonder why they're sold out. <laughs> yeah, they all had to say what, whatever, 150 of them for both teams. Yeah, if you're having trouble, Desmond, yeah, that's why you can't find one. It's because the bowl game, bowl committee has saved them. Regardless, again, I feel like every year Oregon's always in the New Year's Six. But I kind of like Iowa State. They, you know, we've talked about them. They've been this feel-good team. They've kind of been the team that, not say an underdog, but more just like underappreciated. And I feel like this is their chance to show that they kind of belong with the top dogs. Um, you know, a win is a win. And Oregon's maybe not the most flashy win, but I think they get their win. They get their win. 38-33, the Cyclones beat the Ducks. We'll go to Desmond quickly. I agree. I agree with you, George. I have a 47-32, to 32, but I, 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 you said it perfectly. I think Iowa State is underappreciated. I was really I, – I, I'm disappointed, but I wanted, I wanted to see them beat Oklahoma. I, had, I felt like they had like a 2% chance of making a cultural playoffs, but – I definitely think that they'll um, they'll win this bowl, you know. Yep. Get, get you get you get you that PS five. Yeah, I, I agree. Iowa State wins this game. Other than that opening season embarrassment against the raging Cajuns of mm. uh, uh, of Louisiana, that they lost by a couple touchdowns or more, uh, if I recall correctly, they they had a pretty solid season. Even in their losses, they. Uh, they they played they played tough and they they could have mailed it in against Oklahoma but they made a comeback and were you know were you know a player two away from uh, trying to pull that game uh, pull that game out so you know I, I think they'll win by a touchdown um, you know they'll win by a touchdown whatever the score is so okay yeah I think I think people forget how. Uh, overmatch not say overmatch but how big that game that win was against. Uh, for Louisiana against Iowa State, you know, we think about that. And if Iowa State had beaten Louisiana, we could be considered, you know, and they had won the Big 12. Maybe we're looking at an Iowa State team in the Big 12 or in the playoff. And that's how close it was and unfortunate. Um, but big season for Louisiana. Can't can't under, undermine that as well. They had a big season, big win for them. And a uh, big win this past Saturday against UTSA in their bowl game. All right, we go to the rest of the Bulls, which are really known for their names versus really their notoriety, uh, starting with the Cheez-It Bowl between Oklahoma State and the Hurricanes. Desmond, your boy De'Aaron King coming back for another season. He's wanting to get another another chance at the playoff. His uh, 2021 Heisman Trophy campaign starts, uh, starts tomorrow when they play this game. And uh, Miami, easy pick, 42-20. We'll go to you. 
without a doubt, I think Miami's going to win. But I think, in my opinion, I think this will be the closest game out of all these. You know, we saw Oklahoma State fall out a little bit when they gained that early lead in the Big 12. But as I said back then, I said, we looked at the teams who they played, weren't anybody good, then they started playing competitive teams. They fell back. But I still don't want to take away that the uh, the talent they have. So I, I have it at a two-point game, game-winning drive. Yet King's going to throw a 60-yard pass to win the game. Colin, right now. Okay. Well, I don't know if they picked uh, two teams that have a lot of orange in their in their uniform colors uh, for the Cheez It Bowl or 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 <laughs> what? But they, you know, you you have two teams uh, that can at least uh, wear jerseys that look like they were eating Cheez Its all day. But uh, you know, you know, I think uh, I think Miami should should win this game, although. Interestingly, Oklahoma State is a is a slight betting favorite at a point right now. Um, you know, part of me says Miami um, got just absolutely destroyed by North Carolina. They have something to prove. Part of me says, you know, a lot of the players might say, I don't give a crap, right? And, you know, uh, why are we playing in something called the Cheez-It Bowl? Uh, and, and mail it in, right? But I, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State. I think it'll be um, a three-point game, um, you know, somewhere in the mid-20s uh, um, uh, in terms of scoring for the winners, so. Okay, all right, interesting, yeah. D.R. King, I think that's the biggest announcement of bowl season, D.R. King deciding he's going to come back. And uh, we, you know, Desmond, I know you've been very high on D.R. King since the beginning of the season. And I can't can't help but think that that announcement alone has just made Miami a preseason top 10 team. Let alone, let alone, guess who they start off with next year? Assuming the schedule stay the same. Yeah. Alabama. In uh, the Chick-fil-A kickoff bowl or kickoff game in Atlanta. What a test. What a test to start to see if they really are for straight real. Up the, straight up the bat. <laughs> so, should be an interesting start there for Deer King for the 2021 season, but got to finish off the 2020 season strong. Maybe you could get Bernie Kozar to come out of retirement if Miami wants a chance of winning that game. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> The U. Hey, the U may be back. The U may be back. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. But uh, you know who isn't back? The University of Texas. Oh, good the Valero one. Alamo Bowl takes place <laughs> against uh, Colorado and the Longhorns in San Antonio. And let me just put it this way. I feel like if Texas isn't in – yeah, if Texas isn't in some sort of big bowl, they always either in the Alamo Bowl or in some – or in the Texas Bowl. It's like nothing else. It's those two. Um, and this is a bowl game that is apparently – 79 miles southwest of the University of Texas campus. They're not going to be motivated. Nobody's going to be motivated. Colorado, at least, will be somewhat motivated. 34-31 Buffaloes. I don't need much more. I don't need much more uh, motivation to pick uh, against the Longhorns. So Desmond's mm-hmm. looking at me like I'm crazy, but 34-31 Colorado. Desmond, we'll go to you. Sure. I think it's gonna be a blowout, George. <laughs> I think Texas is gonna blow Colorado out. I really do. I'm, you know, I'm not gonna say. I think it's gonna be 20 plus. Let's just leave it like that. Oh, I really, I really do. You know what? I'm just gonna say because anytime I try to have an explanation, I always end up being wrong. So I'm just gonna say I'm gonna wait and see. I just think Texas is gonna have a good game, and I'm not even a Texas fan. I just, I really think that. 
Especially since they have, they, have, they have home field advantage. He just said how close they are. You know, Sam, you know how this can be emotional. I, 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 it's, it falls right into place for them. I don't think Colorado has been good since uh, Rashawn Salam's played for uh, played for the Buffaloes back back uh, when I was in in graduate school at the University of Denver. But um, you know, I if if my list of five hates in college football uh, could could be five long, we would get to number five, which would be uh, which would be the, the Longhorns. And um, you know, I think they. Uh, sh- Shockingly, I think a lot of the speculation had been that they were going to go after uh, Urban Meyer this year at, at the end of this year and fire fire Tom Herman. But it looks like Urban Meyer may uh, may go coach uh, the Jets or the the Jaguars or, or or something like that. From what I was reading today, right? So, you know, I think I think Texas is you know it, you know they're they should win again regular season. I think Texas probably blows them out. I think you know quote-unquote home field advantage you take a bunch of folks from Austin and put them in uh put them in um, San Antonio that's where this game's played right you know right. I, I don't think I wouldn't call that home field advantage they might uh you know they might kick all those uh, Austin folks out of out of the out of the city but uh you know I think Colorado uh pulls out a a uh at least, yeah, I guess it's a betters uh, upset as well as just a a ranking upset and I think they win by uh win by less than a touchdown over uh over texas so okay am i missing something <laughs> well when you when you hate a team as much as uh you know as them and you come from a family of of uh of uh in-laws that are including my wife that are all aggies you just you just have to look at the Longhorns with a high degree of uh, skepticism and uh, you know I wish they were playing somebody where I could be more convincing in my pick but I'm picking a little bit with uh, you know just uh, not liking who who the <laughs> who the Buffaloes are playing more than my belief that the Buffaloes are a good team how's that I guess well Desmond I guess if it, like you mentioned you'll say leave it at that with your explanation if there is a blowout we'll know that somebody was right but uh, I, I don't think so I think it's going to be closer than you think and that is tomorrow um, in the night game on ESPN. All right, we're going to th- go through these next few pretty quickly so we can kind of just rapid fire them. Um, the Dukes Mayo Bowl, Wisconsin Wake Forest. I don't like mayonnaise. I'm going to leave it at that. One point win for Wake Forest, 27 26. <laughs> Desmond, go. Um, no, yeah, Wisconsin's going to win this one by two touchdowns, 14 Wake Forest, 10th in uh, ACC. Wisconsin's got this in the bag. Yeah, mayo should be banned as a condiment. It's it's the most disgusting condiment in the uh, in that that anybody could eat. But uh, that 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 aside, I think Wisconsin wins by by two touchdowns as well. So, All right, I guess I'm alone by saying Wake Forest wins, but I don't know. I never I haven't bought into Wisconsin, and I won't. I don't have time to buy in them now at the end of the season. So. All right, we go to the Offer Pad Arizona Bowl between two smaller schools, Ball State and the 22-ranked San Jose State Spartans, both conference champions, Ball State winning the MAC for the first time in 24 years, and San Jose State beating uh, Boise State to win their first Mountain West championship. I got to go with Nick Starkle, former Aggie, always an Aggie, got to root for him, got to take him in this one to beat the Spartans to beat the Cardinals 38-34. But it will be a good game. I think it will probably be the most underrated game 
of the of, of these games. Like people will not watch it and they're gonna be mad they don't watch it. 38-34 Spartans. Go Desmond. Yeah, George, you, you get me on the San Jose State train a couple couple weeks ago. I'm, 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 I'm running alongside it right now. So I think that they're gonna win this game 34. I'm not on it. I'm running alongside it, you know, cheering. 34-14, San Jose State. Well, being a uh, being a graduate of a Mac school, uh, the mighty Kent State Golden Flashes uh, or Flashers, as we called them in uh, in school when they won one game in my four years there. But uh, uh, this isn't Kent State. This is Ball Ball State. But uh, um, you know, I uh, I'm going to go with the Mac. Uh, I'm going to pick Ball State over San Jose State. Um, I think Ball State wins by ten. Okay. Hey, and by the way, Kent State opens the season, assuming schedule stay, opens the season in College Station against the Texas A&M Aggies. Next I season. will be waiting uh, anxiously for my for my tickets, George. And, to watch uh, what a thirty-point blowout. Oof! <laughs> if you're gonna get your jollies picking on the lily Kent State Golden Flashes, so be it. But uh, <laughs> I will gladly take tickets to go watch that massacre, and I will. Uh, you know, sit idly by and let you just bash me into the ground as, as that happens. But, you know, let's let's see what happens. Hopefully uh, COVID has either infected everybody or we're all vaccinated by the start of next college football season so we can uh, we can go see the game. Indeed. <clears throat> Indeed. I, I will agree with that. All right. We keep moving forward here to the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Army replaces Tennessee as they face off against the West Virginia Mountaineers. Army triple option. That's all you need to know. Desmond, for the first time, I think this season, I'm actually taking and rooting for your small school. I've got the Army Black Knights beating the West Virginia Mountaineers 28 to 7. Desmond, I think that made you very, very. I will be choosing the Army to win the. Thank you very much. By how many? I think this is going to be. Okay. Three. Yeah. Other than the um, other than the uh, Alabama game, I think this is the only game that all three of us are picking uh, picking the same. I am also going going with Army. Um, they were far more deserving of just being a a uh, you know a, an afterthought for this bowl. I know the other ones got canceled and everything else, but I think they go in and. They beat West Virginia, and they beat them by uh, by 12 points. <clears throat> yeah, honestly, this was probably a better bowl matchup than they would have gotten anyway, so um, works out. Everything works out, I guess. All right, we go to the Texas Bowl here at home, New Year's Eve, TCU, Arkansas. Uh, old Southwest Conference rivalry uh, being renewed. What is this, like 1993? Is that what it sounds like? Because that was a lot. I think 91 was the last time this was played. And Again, Arkansas impressed everybody, but they're three and seven. That's not bowl. That's not worthy of a bowl. Um, Max Duggan and the TCU Horn Frogs. Watch out for the Horn Frogs because they're going to make a, a splash in the Big Twelve in the next few years. TCU wins this one, 34-27. Desmond, quickly. No, I agree. I think it's going to be low scoring. I have a seventeen ten, but I actually think I actually think Arkansas is going to win this game. So I'm not to go the opposite direction of you, George. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's hard to pick a three and seven team, especially from the SEC, which uh, 
you know, it was in my list of just as a conference and the list of top 10 hates in college, uh, college sports, but uh, <laughs> we'll go with, we'll go with TCU. I think they win by uh, win by a field goal. All righty. And we finish out with the citrus with the final three citrus gator and the outback bowl. We'll start with the citrus just quickly here, Auburn Northwestern, Auburn's focused on other things. Northwestern wins by 23, 33 to 10. Desmond, quickly. I agree. I have it by 21. I told you Northwestern looked good against um, Ohio State, and hopefully they'll beat Auburn teams not as good as we thought. Yeah, I think Northwestern wins as well. I think they win by. Uh, I think they win by uh, two touchdowns. It'll be a low-scoring game, but they win by two touchdowns. Okay, we go to the Gator Bowl, Kentucky, North Carolina State who's ranked actually 23rd. Mike, you mentioned it earlier, Kentucky, why are they four and they're four and six and playing in a bowl game? Who cares, honestly? Go watch another bowl game on the January 2nd, 43 to 20, North Carolina State wins. Desmond? I agree exactly what you said. NC State's going to win this game. It's going to be by 10. Yeah, I think if you, uh, you want to make some money, you fly out to – to Vegas or uh, up to up to the president's, uh, you know, one of his casinos that he's putting hawk or whatever in in New Jersey, and you put your money on NC State. UK is a two and a half point betters favorite, which I'm just shocked by, uh, according to the ESPN uh, website right now. But uh, I think NC State wins by three touchdowns. Yeah, and and you mentioned the two and a half point favorite. Those odds are courtesy of Caesar's sportsbook. So. That's what is going on in Vegas, which is ridiculous. Um, but we finish off with the Outback Bowl, Ole Miss, Indiana. Uh, this is like a 16 seed versus a one seed in the in March Madness. To put it in in words that Indiana fans would actually understand, because apparently they don't understand that football is what they're excelling at. They're normally a basketball school. Um, easy, 37 to 17, 20 point win for the Hoosiers. Desmond. Finish this off. Yeah, I apologize. Shout out to my boy, Kincaid Dent, who's one of the quarterbacks there at Ole Miss. But unfortunately, I'm going to have to go with Indiana with uh, with this one. They looked really good this year. Unfortunately, Ohio State was just better. Um, but I think that they're going to win this game by 14. Yeah. I also think Indiana will uh, win. Um, I think it'll be by a touchdown. Um I'm surprised that the Outback Steakhouse can still, uh, that's what the Outback Bowl is, can afford to uh, sponsor a bowl. Um, <laughs> I thought they were bankrupt. But uh, anyhow, it's the Outback Bowl, and I'll, I'll take Indiana over, over Ole Miss. So. Everyone's got to go get their blooming onion. Come on. Come on. They're still getting money during the quarantine. They, they were putting, I think they were, their big marketing push was like, Come get, you know, you can get your Bloomin' Onions curbside or something like that. So <laughs> that's, that's where they taste like they came from most uh, most days. But uh, <laughs> anyhow, <laughs> we're not here. All right. Only products. <laughs> All right. We finished with the speaking of, of betting and, and, and looking at the, the, the spreads. We look at our final game, which Desmond, our scary good game. I was right. You were wrong. Move on. Told you LSU would cover. I told you LSU would cover, and you were telling me <laughs> Ole Miss would be the, uh, the 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 betting favorite. But this one is the final: Mississippi State and Tulsa. Tulsa is a two and a half point favorite. Um, the only other bowl game we didn't pick, and it ends here. Look, 
Tulsa may be a team that gives you a heart attack halfway through because they're down by double digits, but they always pull through. And you know what they say, good teams win, but great teams cover. I got to take Tulsa to cover. Tulsa Tulsa's going to be I, – I, I had them as an upset pick. They pulled through only once, though. They cover for me. Desmond, you going with me or you going against me to try to gain one final ground? What's the, what's the record? You're, like, you're, you're up two, 10 you, against the spread. I'm 6-8 and eight against the spread. You don't have a chance to beat me, but you can certainly make it one one game behind. No, Mississippi State. <laughs> right. Oh my God! I'm All right, Desmond. I'm never gonna gonna let you invest my money. I'm gonna go with Tulsa, uh, and and uh, give the two and a half points. So yeah, thank you, thank you. I was gonna say if you believe well, in George, my- I gotta I gotta give myself a chance of you know getting one game. Desmond, you're down by two. Uh, uh, uh. I'm not even going to go into this. We're already way about way over. But look, if you're betting, if you're putting your money in Mike Leach, you need to go seek help. Because I don't know if Mike Leach is the type of guy you should be putting even a bet on his teams, whether it be at Texas Tech, Washington State, or now at Mississippi State. But that's for another time and another day. Marshall finished seven and three. They lost their bowl game. Desmond Small School and Army has a chance to go 10 and two. And win their bowl game, so we'll see what happens. But hang out for more small schools as we get to college basketball. And with that, that's going to end this episode of the Fifth Quarter Podcast. You can reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at the5q podcast, or you can go to our email and send us a note at the at the q5podcast at gmail.com. Signing off for the fifth quarter from episode 54 total. I'm George Koff. He's Desmond McLaughlin. Thank my uncle Mike. And uh, catch you next time. Wear your mask. Continue to wear your mask until we can get out of this COVID situation safely. Have a prosperous and healthy new year. We'll catch you in 2021. Adios, everybody.